is good, my peoples. Welcome to another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. As always, that is AJ. He is the green. I am Ken. I am the beige. First, we have to apologize for the bit of a late start. But, you know, how technology goes. Sometimes things don't work the way you want them to. How is it going, AJ? Better know. That's all I can say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. So we are here for another exciting edition of the Green Beige Podcast. And this week, while it's been a little light on the news front, it wasn't light on the activity because first we had um, Serena Williams. She completed her run at the U.S. Open, being eliminated on Friday night. And she has indicated that this was going to be her last tournament. So we have to wait and see if she sticks to that or if she's actually going to, you know, pull a Tom Brady and come back after, you know, just giving it up for late, 40 days and 40 nights. Um, then we also had this weekend our favorite soccer team, Arsenal. They lost their first game of the season, losing to Manchester United. And of course, I don't remember which publication it was. It was either Beach Report or ESPN, but they couldn't wait for Arsenal to lose so that they could put up a graphic saying that, you know, the teams with a 100% record so far this season is Real Madrid, end of list. So, you know, that's the way how the cookie crumbles. But in honor of football season returning on Thursday, is literally two days away. It's almost time. It's almost time for football to make its official return. I know it's been a while since we got games to talk about, and not just players and whatever they've been getting up to. Honestly, I cannot wait. But before we get to previewing the games, there was some breaking news coming out of Pittsburgh yesterday, and that is where we go off the rip. And... AJ, I'm sure you saw, but Mitchell Trubisky is the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers for week one, with Kenny Pickett as his backup quarterback. For his career, he's played 57 games, amassed 10,652 yards, and 64 touchdowns to 38 interceptions with a completion percentage of 64.1%. He beat out Pickett, who's a rookie, for the starting job. And we know Dwayne Haskins, who was also supposed to be part of this competition. But unfortunately, he tragically lost his life this summer. So now that we know that Trubisky is starting, what is the ceiling for these Steelers? You are currently muted, my brother, so we can't hear a word you're saying. I'm sorry. I completely forgot I muted that, but... I still think that the ceiling for the Steelers right now is 500. Um, they're, not, they're not in a rebuilding phase, particularly based on how much money they've spent on the defensive side of the ball. They still have some very good weapons or good weapons offensively. Um, losing a, a, a quarterback like Big Ben after such a, an extended period, uh, such an extended career, illustrious career, obviously is going to be uh, a hard transition phase. So I'm not surprised that Trubisky was picked as, as the week one quarterback because he's the one that has experience in this league. Ken, I know you, you usually say that you don't follow like the college game that much, but even coming out of college, I've, I, I haven't heard anything that suggested to me 
that that Kenny Pickett was going to be ready for like uh to start in week one of his first of his rookie season of the NFL. He was always like a more long-term project, which I kind of understand. So again, I, I'm not surprised that Trubisky is was named a week one starter. But I think with him as your quarterback and having gone through a system for the last what it was like 10 to 15 years at least with with a uh, big Ben um th that transition is going to especially in that division is 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 going to be a little rough I, I believe I think the ceiling is the ceiling is 500 I still don't expect these Steelers to be a playoff team all right so you say that the ceiling for them is 500 and you don't expect them to make the playoffs interesting so let's see what i had here now the steelers were always looking like the weakest team in this division since they clearly had no succession plan at quarterback they knew that they were getting to the end of the big ben the ben roethlisberger experience and they still did absolutely nothing now while ben wasn't as good as it needed him to be to contend he was just good enough to stop them from getting a high enough draft pick to land a franchise quarterback. And just before he retires, they still make the playoffs and get a worse pick in the draft that wasn't big on quarterback talent to begin with. Now, Trubisky has his flaws, accuracy being chief among them. You know, we have, uh, we have a mutual friend who likes to say that Trubisky was practicing social distancing with the football and the receivers before social distancing became a thing. And now when we're looking at the, the Steelers wide receiver core, they do not have a bevy of top talents at the wide, re, wide receiver position. Deontay Johnson has led the league in drops two of the three seasons he's been in the league. And Chase Claypool was tight for sixth last year in drops. You now you're going to add some errantly thrown balls to the equation and it has a likelihood of increasing, not decreasing. So, no. We, we talk about the, the ceiling for the Steelers, but do you think Trubisky lasts the season as the starter? No, I don't. I don't. Um, and this is no disrespect to Mr. Trubisky. I think he, he was given a really bad rep at the Bears. The, the Bears just don't seem like an organization that, that focuses on offense. Like I feel like they're still hung up in the mid-80s with that 85 and 86 defense, so... They focus on that and then they don't really target uh, well um put the the quarterback in a position to to succeed all of that being said i think trubisky can be a bit more uh, granted the steelers are very similar right they're more defense-minded team but i think they have better weapons and i think mike tomlin is a better coach than, than matt Nagy, who um mitch had at, at chicago however I think Mitch is good, but not great. In this offense, I don't think that he is 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 optimal. I think after a few games, I'd probably give Mitch about six games, maybe about six games before the Steelers. Yeah, maybe about six, maybe about six before the Steelers. Before the Steelers, like decide, okay, well, we need to try something else here. I've never seen enough from Mitch to to suggest because when he was in um Chicago, like who was it? I can't even remember who was behind him, but it was it was no one that would really like force his his pace. Right now he's he's basically keeping out a potential franchise QB, right? 
I, I cannot say like a, a third of the season. About six games. Just about six games. Be, <sighs> before we see someone, before we see Kenny Pickett and who's the third one? There's someone else that they still have there. Because I think they, they got with the Doug Hodges, right? But I think there's someone else. But either way. Um, um, I know who you mean. Because he was the one that got cracked on the head by Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. There we go. Mason is Mason, yeah. No, but I, th- I think Kenny Pickett will see some action this season. I I find it hard to believe that he goes the entire season without seeing the field for at least one or two games. Because the Steelers are either going to be in a position where they're not winning enough games and they need to try something different so they bring in Pickett, or they've lost so many games that it just makes sense to see what Pickett has before they enter next year's draft. Same, the same thing like Miami did with Tua. So Kenny Pickett is going to see some games. I, I'm just pre- predicting that that Mitch lasts about six. Okay. Well, for me, it's hard to say at this point if he will or if he won't last the season because Pickett was getting relatively good reports coming out of training camp, but they clearly don't think that he's ready to start. And... You, as you rightfully said, I don't follow the college game that closely. The games are always playing at a time that I, I can't watch. So I don't know many of the guys coming out of college, but one thing I did remember very vividly was that they said that there were no starting caliber quarterbacks in this last draft. That includes Malik Willis, who is at Tennessee, and Kenny Pickett, who is in Pittsburgh. So... We don't know as much as he was getting positive press. We don't know how close he was to actually starting. Now, I honestly believe that Pittsburgh may see this season as a wash and just go ahead and let Trubisky play. Now, where you and I will agree is that chances are he does get some game time towards the end of the season when they've been completely eliminated from playoff contention. But I more see them likely to let Trubisky play out the season and just see where they end up after week 18 because the higher up they are in this supposedly quarterback-rich draft class, probably the better they'll feel because I don't think Pickett is the answer, but Trubisky definitely won't be it either. All right, fair. Right. We'll see. You know what? I won't take that further. We'll see. We're not very far off in our valuations here. It's just we're talking simple margins. So we'll see how this goes. All right. So from the Pittsburgh Steelers, we're going to stay in the AFC North and we're going to turn to the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are a team whose quarterback still doesn't have a contract pass this season. The Ravens picked up Lamar Jackson's fifth-year option on his rookie deal and his self-imposed deadline for getting a deal done is quickly approaching. To put this into context, Lamar is going to earn $23,016,000 for 2022, which is you know, not an insignificant sum. But if no extension is agreed next offseason, he is going to get 
paid. Should he get franchise tagged, there are two options for the Ravens. A non-exclusive tag, which would allow other teams to make a run at him and force the Ravens to either match that contract or let him walk, or use the exclusive franchise tag, which has a much higher cap number. The non-exclusive tag is $31,497,000, but the exclusive tag is $45.4 million. Now, a rumor came out saying that Lamar was offered a better contract than Kyler Murray, who signed a five-year, $230.5 million contract. But the disagreement is about the level of guarantees, as Lamar wants it all, and the Ravens don't want to do that. So, crystal ball time. How does this end? I I want to be of the belief that, that Lamar and the Ravens strike a deal on some contract. However, the fact that it hasn't been done as yet Yet this, both parties, both sides still keep putting up this face that, well, yeah, well, a deal will get done and that they're still united in what they're going to do and that Lamar is going to pause contract talks once the season begins. And I, I don't know how much I buy this, honestly. I don't know how much I buy it. I, I, if a deal were close to being reached, it would have been reached. Russell Wilson got traded from out west he came down to the well where are y'all midwest we all consider is midwest yeah we are we are officially a midwestern <laughs> state midwest there we go so all from the west to midwest and he got some of that walmart money easily this is russell wilson <laughs> right yeah right right but you know what i mean right yes if the ravens wanted to do a contract and, and if them the owners and lamar well well the owners gm the front office and Lamar were that close in valuation. It would have been done already. We're just seeing more and more deals happen for quarterbacks and I think is going to work more so in Lamar's favor. But if the issue is that he wants more guaranteed money, let me put it this way. I don't see the Ravens letting Lamar Jackson walk away. But this is not a very good situation for either party at this point. Either way, I think it will be done eventually because I think the Ravens will be desperate. You always lock down your, your um, franchise quarterback, so I think it will happen. But if I'm Lamar, I would be very skeptical and hesitant about how I move forward. Okay. Now, my very good friend, David, who is a part of our Green Bridge um, show, Fantasy League, and incidentally, he was the one that won it. He's a Ravens fan. And he said to me that Lamar signs his extension between now and Friday end of day. So he is very positive that this thing gets done before the season starts. But unfortunately, I don't agree. I don't see this ending before um, he plays on Sunday. I actually believe that Lamar is going to play out his rookie deal. He's going to get franchise tag next season on the non-exclusive. And then someone is going to make him an offer for an obscene. Keyword here is obscene amount of money. 
that the Ravens will have no choice but to match because honestly, what else are they going to do? As you rightfully said, Lamar Jackson is the heartbeat of their team and there is no Ravens offense without Lamar. After going all in, retooling their offense to best utilize his skill set, unless you have another quarterback out there that will do exactly what he does, you are not going to, well, you're going to have to rebuild and retool all over again. Now, Tyler Huntley came in last season when, when Lamar went down injured and he gave you a facsimile of what Lamar can give. But if you've ever seen a fax, it is a poor imitation of the original document, especially if it's a photo. Lamar is that good that they won't be picking early in the draft barring a trade. So they have to find a way to make it work. Now, I have a barber here in Colorado that I, I try to see every, what, three to four weeks maybe? And he too is a, a Baltimore native and he he pulls very hard for the Ravens and last season when Tyler Huntley came in and was playing pretty well he was saying you know we could probably just roll with Tyler we can not pay Lamar all this money and let Tyler Huntley come in and run the offense I personally thought that that was a horrible idea because while Tyler Huntley can still do some of the things, like he is mobile, he can run, he can throw the ball, he's not as accurate as Lamar, he's not as fast as Lamar, and he's not as good as Lamar because if he was, he would be starting. Lamar Jackson would be on the bench. So I, I honestly don't see this getting done before the the season gets going and i am not well i know there is this rule in the nba but i'm not sure if it is in the nfl where once the season starts then you can't negotiate with the player past you know the start of the season it doesn't seem to exist in the nfl because when i was trying to find if that rule was there i couldn't find it but i believe that you know he's going to play this fifth year option and then next season, when he gets the mega offer, the Ravens are going to have no choice but to, to match it and give him some money too. All right. So, from the, the Ravens, now we are going to come down in my division, AJ. This is your <laughs> weekly look at a dysfunctional franchise. And this week <laughs> is the Carolina Panthers. I figured it was them. I figured it was them. <laughs> <laughs> now, we know that Baker Mayfield is a starter for the franchise come week one, and Sam Darnold was to be his backup. But he got carted off in the last preseason game with what head coach Matt Rule explained was a high ankle sprain, landing him on the short-term IR. Baker was traded for this offseason after Darnold wasn't good and got benched last season. Both players are on their fifth-year option of their rookie deal, and everyone who watches this show knows that I am not sold on Baker. So, does he, Baker, play the entire year, or does Darnold get in there at some point? I, I don't see why, why Baker wouldn't play the entire year. I don't. 
I Sam Darnold. This is what we're really talking about. This, this is like, according to AI, this is like we're talking about practice. This is what we're doing. We're talking about practice. Sam Darnold is a practice QB. Listen, <laughs> I, <laughs> he's 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 Baker is now the franchise QB, and we're here talking about practice. Listen, I don't see why Baker Mayfield wouldn't start the entire season unless he, unless it is one of those like tank or throwaway seasons for the Panthers. And after the majority of the season, they realize that, yeah, this is not going to be our season. So let's just aim for the, for the draft. And they decide to rest Baker because he's still not fully fit. There's no reason for Sam Donald. I, Ken, I told you this in the very first week um, when, when, when we came back, right? This is it for Sam. This is it. That's it. He's done. Sam Donald is done. He's not starting anywhere else. And the only way he starts now is if someone, whoever is before him is rested. And for whatever reason, but Sam Donald is done. He's done. It's not going to happen. I cannot see this man starting any games for the rest. For what reason? So, to give Robbie Anderson some yards? <laughs> so I'm sure, right, that whenever you have the where AJ was right, where AJ was wrong, you're going to be wrong on that one. You're going to be low. <laughs> we'll see. Wrong. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, right, my gut says that Sam Darnold is going to get back on the field this season. And the reason why I say that is very, very simple. Matt Rule is a droning man who will catch at any straw he can to save himself this season. And when Baker isn't getting it done, enter Sam Darnold. And why would I be so convinced that this happens? Because Matt Rule is the same man who just brought in Cam Newton last season to spell Darnold. And nobody could have thought that Cameron Jerome Newton was going to be the savior of the Panthers. This is the same Cam Newton that could not get it done in New England. He couldn't get it done for your team. And we are supposed to think that because we had um, Cam Newton brought in to, to replace Sam Darnold, and now we got Baker Mayfield brought in to replace Sam Darnold, that this is this is just how it's going to go. AJ, I just want you to remember one thing. Both Sam Donald and Baker Mayfield are playing on their fifth-year options this season. After this season, when Matt Rule is fired, this is my hot take, when Matt Rule is fired, both Baker and Sam Donald are going to be looking for new teams next season. And as a result, they're going to be looking to get the best draft pick possible because that GM knows that chances are if when, sorry, when Rule is fired, he's going to be both sweating and hoping to keep his job. So there, there is going to be a time that Sam Darnold plays this season because the Panthers are not going to be good. It's just a fact. They're not going to be good. I, I hear everything you're saying. I hear everything you're saying. The only rebut I have to that is that when it comes to... I, I just don't think that Baker is going to be that bad. I don't think so. Especially with the offensive weapons he has around him. Baker is better than Sam Darnold. 
And he's going to have Christian McCaffrey this year. He's going to have a better... Well, he's going to have Christian McCaffrey for at least the majority of the year. Let's hope so. You know what? I'm trying to be very positive here, okay? I'm trying to be very positive. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. I, 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 I just don't think that Sam has enough to work his way back into a team. And based on what you said with regards to like the two of them having to look for a team, Baker has an... You realize that Baker has an easier excuse to get back into a team. He's been, he was on a team that is, is a, a bigger playoff contender, but every year they were changing coaches. He was part of the reason why the team got better. Sam Donald was at the Jets and the Panthers, two of the most deplorable franchises in the NFL since he was drafted. And he did not make them any better. He didn't make either of them any better. Baker actually was at, was at, he was a part of the reason the Browns got better. He was not a part of the reason the Browns got worse. I, I think you. I don't think your theory is entirely incorrect, but Baker is going to bounce back a lot quicker than Sam. Sam is done. He's stick a fork in this man. He's done. Well, Sam Darnold may be done. Look, look Baker... at Omar laughing. Omar know too. Omar, Omar, Omar knows. Omar talk to this man too. No, but but AJ. Here is my thing. Here, here is my only rebuttal where Baker Mayfield is concerned, and I'm sure that Baker's gonna come back up on this show, so we could, we we could let this, of course, oh, of course, we could let this one rest after this oh, point. We move on, right? Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield was at a a team that they did get better while he was there. Yes, granted, I will not argue that because that is an incontrovertible fact. The team was abject before he got there, and then they got better. However, when you consider that this is a team that did their best, and this is so familiar to you, allowed the San Francisco 49ers to hide their quarterback. They did their best to run the football as often as possible and the quarterback only had to manage the game and come in and make the throws that were necessary. Baker did not do that consistently enough. Otherwise, Deshaun Watson would not be wearing a bronze uniform having a fully guaranteed contract. He had better receivers in Cleveland than he has now in Carolina. And when we look back at what I just said about the Pittsburgh Steelers receiving room and now having a worse quarterback, things are not going to get better for them. They're going to get worse. So when you put all of that together, AJ, I, I am not nearly as bullish as you are about Baker Mayfield's chances and his likelihood of being successful in this Carolina offense. Carolina is going to stink. And Baker is not going to be good enough. He does not have enough perfume. He does not have enough Febreze to take the stink off that team. They're not going to be good. He's not going to be good enough. And both of them are going to be looking for a job. Yes, he may have the better argument to get back in. It's still not going to be enough, sir. I am sorry. 
I, I, I'll just say this one last thing. I think the only way Baker is, I, I, with regards to what you said, like looking for a job because he doesn't like because of the stink on him, is because Matt Rule. I, and you are already said this. Matt Rule has no idea what he's doing. He's the allegory of football coaches. <laughs> and can we can we move on? Can we can we move on on, on that note? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let, let's go on. Thank you, sir. Thank that's, you. That, that is one that I would love to pick up, but we we don't have time for that right now. So, in spirit of our continuing disagreements, we are going to move on to who do you trust? And this week, who do you trust? We are breaking out our crystal ball again, and we are going to say who we anticipate is going to have the better season in specific position groups. And yes, AJ, first up is going to be quarterbacks. I mean, we had such a spirited discussion just now on, on, on these quarterbacks. Why, why don't we keep it going? Now, the quarterback position is probably at the strongest it has been for a very long time in the league with quality starters to be found in most teams. Well, there are others who are still evaluating if they have the guy or not. The old guard is quietly phasing themselves out with Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, and Ryan Fitzmagic going off to Happy Valley in recent seasons. Brady was headed there and then decided to make an about turn, which, if the tabloids are to be believed, has caused a huge rift between he and his wife. But the league right now is the playground of the young quarterback. And the gold standard of that has been Patrick Mahomes. So, the question is, do you trust any of these young QBs this season to overtake Mahomes as the best young quarterback in the league? I feel like he's already been overtaken, though. And I will say, I feel like, yeah, Josh Allen. What? and I, I don't know if you're basing this on exact age, like the year they were born, like how oh, we used to do common entrance in the Caribbean and that kind of thing, you know? But <laughs> I feel like it's, it's already Josh Allen, though. And it's not. It, this is not saying that Josh Allen is an overall better... But but just in, in recent years, in terms of, like, form and... Like, I, I, I think Josh Allen has overtaken him. I, I think... Um, Patrick Mahomes has benefited from having a better, like organization, a better part, like parts parts of the offense. Definitely a better coach, and and this is no disrespect to Sean McDermott, but Andy Reid is Andy Reid is Andy Reid though. He's like going to be a Hall of Famer um, coach once he retires. Um, and you know what? I'll add this as well. I would I I feel like this is the year that my guy, my guy after not Tom Brady. After Tom Brady could could <laughs> he could have that sort of season where I don't know if he overtakes, but he puts himself on par with Patrick Mahomes. And I you know who I'm talking about. Can I'm talking about the one Jay Herb? Justin Herbert. Yeah. It, this could be the year. This could be the year. Granted, I still feel like the 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 Chiefs win their division. Like I said, they have to be beaten for me to change my prediction on that division. However, the uh, J Herb, J Herb, baby. <laughs> so, AJ, as you just as you just said, to be the man, 
you have to beat the man. That's a mantra that my old football coach at Carver School always used to say. But that was mainly, he said it mainly in the realm of athletics. Because at that time, Carver was a force to be reckoned with in the, the school athletics thing. And so far, so far, the man has not been beaten. He has not been beaten out for his position as the gold standard of the young quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is still that guy. No, the age. <coughs> <coughs> sorry, go Patrick. Ahead. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and 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 um, Josh Allen are the same age. They're both 26, right? I think that the bigger challenge for Mahomes is for him not to get bored while he's playing and start doing all of the extra stuff that he has been doing. But I mean, and when I say that, I mean specifically the no-look passes. Because generally speaking, there is no need for you to throw a no-look pass in the NFL. You can, you can look the safety off and you can, you can do whatever... And especially now that Tyree Hill is no longer there. He has to develop, you know, the rapport with his new receivers that he would have had with Hill and others. And yes, there is benefit to, to throwing a no-look pass because obviously no one is expecting you to throw the ball where you're not looking. But I need all I need for Mahomes to do is to settle. And once he is once he is settled, he has the arm talent, I guess you could say in both arms. Because, you know, he has thrown the odd left hand ball recently. Until somebody shows me that they can take him out, Patrick Mahomes is still the gold standard. And yes, that is even with Josh Allen, with everything that he can do. And the incredible improvement that he has shown year over year. I still believe it is Patrick Mahomes first and then the field. I, I mean, I can't blame you, obviously. And like I said, I, like I have these boys to win the division, right? So it's not like I'm disrespecting his talent or what he can do. And it's, it's isn't it, you know what? It's really sad that I'm seeing Josh Allen as a Patriots fan. You know what? Let's move on. I, forget <laughs> that. Let's just move on. I'm sorry. I, sh I shouldn't even be doing that. I apologize. Yeah, yeah you, you should. Station, have... I apologize. You're right. <laughs> so, from Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert is the truth, though. Justin Herbert is the truth. No, the thing is, the one name that we had not called is the guy that actually beat Patrick Mahomes last season, and that's Joe Burrow. Joe, I, I, I don't expect the same sort of, con but you know what? We save that for another week. Yeah, you save that one. <laughs> so, from pass throwers to pass catchers, we know these two men that we're about to discuss find themselves entrenched at the top of the NFL's top receiving list from 2021. That is Cooper Cup, who was the receiving leader both in um, yards and touchdowns, and then Devontae Adams, who was rated as the number one wide receiver in football last year. So, of course, the expectation is that these two will be up there battling for that number one spot again. So, AJ, who do you trust to take 
the crown in 2022? <laughs> when, when you sent me this question earlier, right, Ken? I tell myself, you, you're really trying to make me pick between my head and my heart here, right? <laughs> I, I like it, though. I like it, though. And I, I would like to be the sensible one and pick with my head, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pick with my heart. And I'll say Devontae Adams. I'm going to say Devontae Adams. You know what? It's, it's easy to say that, that the receiver, is he's in a new system and that, you know, he has to get accustomed to the system, blah, blah, blah. But Devontae Adams and Derek Carr already had a rapport pre-NFL. Granted, they didn't have one in the NFL itself, but they had one before. They were so excited to, to get acquainted with one another. Listen, I honestly feel like that this year is going to be Devontae Adams' year again. We know he had Aaron Rodgers um, previously. You know how I feel about that guy. He's my number one. He's the best receiver in the league to me. Even with all the things he has to face this season, um, the we know how the Rams' offense is set up. Um, Cooper Cup is going to get his opportunities, but he's actually gotten a bona fide number one receiver to be his number two. So, in in I feel like I believe that in events, in in, in instances, sorry, no, where Cooper Cup will not be able to have the ball forced to him by Matt Stafford. We will see the ball going a bit more to Allen. Yeah, Allen Robinson. I'm, Ken, I'm going to say that Devontae Adams has a better year. I, I, I want to pick up my head, but I can't. It's the, it's, it's the, it's the Adams family all day, bro. All right, sir. So, I, for the time I was going through this rundown, I figured that we were not going to have much agreement on most topics today right so <laughs> and and for those who have been with us from the beginning they would know that this has been this was the case in our very first season we didn't agree on much of anything yeah we did not we did not somehow it turned around last season where we were saying a lot of similar things or came in with different perspectives but you know ending up at the same point but this week it definitely is not happening i believe no this is health um being taken for granted that both quarterbacks and both wide receivers play the entire season there is no way that at this point in time i can say that Devante adams as great as he is is going to be better than cooper cup this season so you touched on one or two of the points i was going to make but i'm, I'm going to just reinforce them so he is in a new system, in a new situation altogether, because you no, know, he's gone to a new team with a quarterback. Yes, that he knows very well. There was a beautiful article that came out today, I think, on ESPN on Devante Adams and the rapport and the history that he has with Derek Carr. Lovely. I recommend you read it if you've not seen it yet. Mm -hmm. So that familiarity that he has with his old college quarterback and one of his best friends in the world is going to pay dividends it's going to help him however they have a brand new coaching staff as well everything over there in vegas right now is new probably down to the smell of the chairs so when you take all of that into consideration you have the familiarity 
of 9 and 10 in LA that they don't have in Vegas. They still have the head coach who is the play caller. They still have the quarterback. They still have the wide receiver. No, Alan Robinson is a very good receiver. Take nothing away from Alan Robinson at all. However, Alan Robinson is no the Devontae Adams in this scenario. He's a brand new receiver coming in to a team that already had people in place. And when I say people in place, I'm thinking of Darren Waller. I'm thinking of Hunter Renfro. Now, when Tay was over in Green Bay, he didn't have these other, he didn't have anybody on their level that was going to be taking targets away from him. So he was number one option wholly and solely. Like he was, he was number one and number two in most cases. Tay get free. I'm going to find you the ball. That's Aaron Rodgers. No, he has Hunter Renfro, who is an excellent slot receiver. Excellent slot receiver. And a very good tight end in Waller, who has mm-hmm. wide receiver skills. Those are going to take targets away from him. When you look at what's happening over in the Rams, Aaron Robinson, he's now come in to take the place of Robert Woods, but I haven't seen him doing the dirty work, the blocking and other stuff that um, Robert Woods was doing. So... Is he going to be able to fill that role like hand and glove? Time will tell. There's no Odell Beckham Jr. there anymore to take the targets away from a Cooper Cup. But Alan Robinson, as you just said, is good enough to take some of the coverage away that they will be trying to slide the Cup. So that means that Cup should be getting even more opportunity. Right now, things are set up in such a way that I am very confident and... This is me being confident, even though he's not any of my fantasy teams so far, that Cooper Cup is going to have probably the better season of the two. And maybe he will be the number one receiver again in football. I, fair enough, but you know I cannot go against my guy. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. You know what? This is... This is, this is Either way, this is going to work nicely into my into a I was right or wrong segment during mm-hmm. the season. Yeah. But yeah, and this probably may not pay off until the end of the season, but we'll see. Yeah, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now that we've talked about the pass catchers, we are going to end today with the running backs. The guys whose teams, actual and fantasy, will be depending on them to do great things. And in the right corner, we have the 2021 rushing champion, Jonathan Taylor. And in the blue corner, we have the 2020 rushing champion, Derek Henry. So I'm actually going to take this one first. I'm going to go first on this one, all right? Sure. So I personally believe that Jonathan Taylor, and this this actually burns me a little bit to say, but I believe that Jonathan Taylor is probably going to have the better season. And for those that have known me for a prolonged period of time, you know that I don't really have the thing to say about the Colts. I have some, some, some friends that are Colts fans, and as a result, I like to see when the Colts are struggling because I get to laugh at them. But I personally will have to come and say in front of the people here tonight that I believe that Jonathan Taylor is going to have the better season than Derrick Henry. And the main reason for that 
unfortunately comes back to health. No, Derrick Henry, this is two seasons in a row now that he's gotten nicked up coming on to the end of the season. And the style of football that he plays, the style of running back that he is, lends to him getting hurt. It lends to him getting injured because when you are that big, that strong, that fast, and that physical, you are giving lots of opportunities for somebody to knock you off your props. And he had a freak injury last season with that bro broken metatarsal. The fifth metatarsal, and for those of you who want to get a little bit um, specific, that is the one that is connecting your little toe to your ankle. And that is not a bone that gets a lot of blood. And as a result, it is not one that gives you a lot of opportunities for healing. They rushed him back, the Tennessee Titans did, at the end of the season last year because they knew that they couldn't win without him. So they, they tried to get him back in there and he was not the same. We know that he is strong, he is physical, and his stiff arms are things of legend. But at the same time, Jonathan Taylor, he's a shiftier back. He doesn't take as much punishment. He's a better receiver coming out of the backfield. And he is primed to be the workhorse again in that backfield. And know that they have a better quarterback in Matt Ryan. They're going to force the other teams to have to account for the pass a lot more. Therefore, the boxes are most likely not going to be as loaded as what he had to deal with this, pre this previous season. I think it's set up for Jonathan Taylor to repeat. But that's my tip. What about you? I think for the most part, I agree with you. The one thing that had me a bit torn is that, well, okay, so in terms of the talking about Derrick Henry's side, the injury, I, I am very concerned whether or not he comes back from the injury. Because um, what what injury was it he had? It was it was the something on the foot. It was fit. Metatarsal. Metatarsal. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So for someone who uses like uses their feet this regularly, obviously a metatarsal injury is, is a serious injury, right? Mm -hmm. But I, uh, on the flip side, the reason that I was also a bit concerned about Jonathan Taylor's production is because he now has Matt Matt. Listen, Matt Ryan loves to fling the football. And so, so my concern was not more so with Jonathan Taylor having a reduced role or not doing as much, but as as more so. Well, I should say as more so, it was to do with him having a reduced role based on the quarterback available, right? Because it's Matt Ryan. I I feel like these guys these guys are going to be neck and neck coming towards the end of the season. And I still may give it to Derrick Henry. And solely because of the fact that he has, I think, the... Well, I mean, they're in the same division. But I think his, his offense is set up around him a lot more than it is. No, especially because he has more returning figures in his offense. He has... Um, the Colts have gotten rid of... A, not the Colts. The Titans have gotten rid of a lot of receivers. So they have an almost new receiving core. So I think they're going to lean more Derrick Henry because that's what they know. As opposed to the Colts, who brought in a new quarterback, 
they have like a second year receiver who's about to I think he's about to blow up the season as well. Mr. Um, Mr. Pittman Jr., that is correct. Um so um Jonathan Taylor is gonna have an, an extraordinary season, but I think that this is going to be closer to Derrick Henry than we think. And I'm going to give Derrick Henry the edge just because of familiar, familiarity with that offense. Okay. Okay. No problem. Well, that is all of the topics that we had for today, AJ. And we were excellent on time. So, um, just a couple of housekeeping matters. As always, we are going to be right back here again tomorrow night at 8.30 p.m. with the Fantasy Spot. This is the last fantasy spot before the season gets going. So we're going to recap our draft and show you guys what is, you know, what we're looking at for this season. Maybe we'll be back in the playoffs again. Maybe not because, you know, things went a little different this year compared to last year. And then um, also, but don't forget, for those of you who is your first time here, like and subscribe to the Green Beige Podcast. Hit the bell so that every time that we are live, you will get a notification. We are also on Facebook and on Twitter. So depending on where you are, you can find us there. Um, Primetime Pick'em. Primetime Pick'em is back. We're going to, I'm going to have the graphic out for that shortly so that you can make your picks for the primetime games to start this season we'll be keeping tally as we did last year again depending on how things go there may or may not be a price um i can't promise anything right now but as soon as i know for sure we will let you know so definitely when you see us put the stuff the stuff up on instagram and on twitter make your selections that is where i'll be checking and i'll be keeping score so let's see if you can beat me and aj in your picking for this 2022 season i think that is everything so guys as always that is aj he is the green i am ken i am the beige and we will see you guys tomorrow.